0: what's up everybody michael johnson here with the business choreography podcast and i'm excited you joined me today because today we've got some awesome stuff today we are lucky to be joined by ashton perry today he's going to share with us all sorts of incredible things ashton is the owner of rivera finance a boutique bookkeeping firm that serves small coaching and consulting businesses he's dedicated focus to bookkeeping has allowed him to gain deep insight on its crucial role in enabling businesses to scale effectively. And that's what we all want to do. That's what we're doing all the time. So guys, stick around. We've got some amazing stuff for you. Let's cue the intro and we'll jump right in. Welcome to the Business Choreography Podcast.
1: Ashton, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Excited to have you here. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to a good conversation, putting out some good information. So I'm I'm ready to go.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, everybody that comes on the show knows that I love to start with backstory. So we will do the same. I like to hear about how you ended up here doing this and serving your people because it's never a straight line journey and it never seems to ever change. Even once you've found your success and you've found the path that you're on, it still seems to be a quite winding journey. But let's start from the beginning. How'd you get going on this? How did you end up doing this stuff? And how did you end up here today with uh, Rivera Finance?
1: Sure. Yeah. I'll, uh, super brief, I'll get into just kind of like my background, childhood, growing up super quickly. Um, grew up pretty poor, so not great conditions. Uh, but because of that, I always had a, a natural obsession with finance because, you know, money was always was always a conversation in the home. And so uh, that was something that's always just kind of stuck with my brain. Uh, and I mean, since as young as I can remember, it's, it's always been something that I've been interested in. Uh, And so going into high school, I I had the mission of becoming a financial advisor. So, you know, go through the college route, do all that stuff, become a financial advisor for families, Um, started the path, uh, went to college. I got two years in and then COVID happened. And I'm sure as everybody else uh, experienced, it kind of reframed the way I look at things. Right. Um, And so when that happened and I had time to reflect, I, I really looked into Like what did it mean to be a financial advisor Um, and getting into it, talking about it, talking with people in the space. It wasn't where my heart was. It was it was a lot more of like sales and like selling products or services or things like that. And that's just not not where my heart was, not where not the impact I wanted to make. Right. Um, And so with a little bit of divine timing, I had a, a family member approach me. Uh, just talking about their problems with their business and the help that they needed, um, and so I kind of looked into it. It started out as like a virtual assistant role or like just a general assistant, um, just you know like lightly categorizing things and 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 stuff of that sort. Uh, and as I started to get into it more, I started to realize I was like, oh, this is more of like a finance role. Like this is uh, this is a lot more than I than I was expecting. Right. Um, and so that kind of like triggered my brain to start looking into like, Oh, what is this? Like, what is, what is this position? Uh, and pretty much the work ended up being the work of a bookkeeper. Uh, and so that's kind of what got me into the space of bookkeeping, um, and helping that family member out. Uh, and that's, that's kind of what triggered that. Uh, that was a few years ago. Uh, and since then I've just been kind of learning more, growing more, uh, trying to help as many people as possible. Um, I originally, when I was considering the bookkeeping as well, wanted to be a personal finance coach uh, because that was like 100 percent heart to heart. Like you connect with people, you help them, you make an impact. Um, But I felt that bookkeeping would allow me to have a much larger impact. uh, And so because I had that that nap, that other path that I wanted to take, uh, I kind of felt that coaches and consultants were the right path for me to, to, to get into the right industry to help. Um, because it's something that I also naturally wanted to go into, but ultimately didn't. Uh, and that's, that's kind of what's put me in this position now where that's, that's been my, my target audience. That's who I want to help. Um, and it's this perfect mold of, uh, I love the analysis of bookkeeping. I love mm-hmm. the fundamentals of it. I love building systems, building processes, uh, and, you know, at the end of the day, I'm the base foundation for these people's small businesses, their livelihood. Um, and that, that's that's all I could ask for. So, right.
0: Yeah. That's, oh, that's, that's, super that's cool. And, and in essence, you know, like the financial advisor, you actually are now what I think most people think a financial advisor is. Yes. Uh, it, it's just, it's cool that you were able to find out that that wasn't the case before you spent all that time finishing off the the other side of it. And it's, it's funny. I think a lot of positions and jobs, that are out there in the world of business are mislabeled the name of it doesn't quite actually talk about what it is and so i think it, it's great like you said some divine intervention got you doing that and like so many businesses i i just love that a family member was like hey can you help me with this and can we can we get moving on this and that like sparked the, the like yeah this is what i want to do and i i think that's so great and and i want to I actually want to dig in just a little bit to the understanding because we're talking about the definition of financial advisor not necessarily being what maybe it seems like it is. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about what a bookkeeper is and maybe understand a little bit more about the role that that plays in so many people's business because I know from talking to a lot of businesses, they don't have bookkeepers and they should. They just don't have them yet. And I think there might be just a, a, a not an understanding of what it is and the value that comes behind that that is needed. So let's talk a little bit about that definition and, and the role and, and what jobs are done in that space.
1: Yeah. So I, I think first, most people confuse accounting with bookkeeping or accountants with bookkeepers. Yes. Okay. Um, they're in mm. the same realm and they right. do do a lot of the same stuff. Uh, but the difference between an accountant and a bookkeeper, an accountant is also usually educated and can help on the tax end of things. Um, so that's your, your CPAs, your certified uh, public accountants, right? Uh, that's what most people think a bookkeeper is, or that most people think an accountant is a bookkeeper. Um, you can separate those duties and usually it's beneficial to separate those duties, meaning separating tax and accounting. Right. Um, when you're in a small business, every dollar counts, right. and so when you have a CPA doing your books, generally that means you're going to pay a higher fee because right. they have their certifications. They're you're like they there's there's a they can demand a higher price. Um, but if you can separate that out, and you have a, a dedicated bookkeeper, um, pretty much what that looks like uh, at its most basic function is the bookkeeper is going to make sure that the the foundation of your business is in place. So right. Number one is going to be cash, right? That's the lifeline of a business. So you're going to have your AP, your AR, um, your accounts receivable, accounts payable. A bookkeeper is going to be able to make sure everything is in there. Uh, so if you're sending invoices, making sure things are getting sent out, they can help with that. Uh, they're making sure they're tracking the time of how long it takes from invoice to money in, um, and and they're just kind of helping along with that process. Uh, they're going to categorize everything that comes in from your bank. So every single per item that you purchase, you got to make sure it's categorized correctly so everything shows up on the, uh, the reports. Um, and I, <laughs> I, could go, I could go through a list, but I think the best way to break it down is every point of contact throughout your business is starts with a bookkeeper on the finance side. So right. every single piece of information that you work with will be touched by a bookkeeper before you make any sort of decisions or analysis on the financial information. Um, fundamentally at its core, a bookkeeper is going to make sure things are categorized correctly and are going to be able to make sure that your, ports, your reports are accurate and your data is accurate. Right. From the core, that's that that's what that means to be a bookkeeper.
0: Yeah. I love that. And it's uh it's just so valuable to be able to have that. And I think, you know, you mentioned reports a number of times in that, in that, as we were, you were describing it. And I think that sometimes I meet business owners that their version of bookkeeping and accounting is I'm going to just close my eyes like a three year old. I'm going to close my eyes like this. And I'm just going to pretend it's not there. And If I have enough in the account at the end of the month, then I'm good. And if I don't, then I got to do something about it. And that is not a way to run a business. Uh, And so it's so valuable to get those reports. But it's also super valuable to get those reports accurate. And that's where that categorizing that you're talking about and being able to put things in the right place really makes a difference. I want to take a, a quick tangent and digress for a second, because I know you have a lot that you want to share with us. But for a second, I want to talk a little bit about the difference between cash and accrual. Mm. Because there's such a big uh, challenge there. And you you said you work with a lot of coaches and, and consultants and that that end. And I know that's a thing that comes up. And I I hear it a lot. I hear a lot of business owners going, "I, I don't know, that's all like over my head, like, which one should I do? How do I decide? Can we just talk about that for just a second before we dig into the the next piece? Sure.
1: Yeah. So I mean, cash versus accrual, um, basically just two two uh, uh, bookkeeping methods or accounting methods. Um, most of the time, I mean, when it in terms of the impact to your business, accrual is almost always better because it's much more accurate. Um, the way accrual is going to work is if say you send an invoice. Uh, and you did the work right when you send the invoice, you count that as getting paid then because the work is done. Uh, You're not going to count when the cash comes in. You count as getting paid when the work is done and the invoice is sent. Um, That allows you to be a lot more accurate because then you can actually track cash flows uh, and you can have a much better understanding of when cash is coming in and when the work is being done. Um, Other than that, Accrual versus cash—it uh, can be beneficial in some in some ways when you're working with a tax professional, where you run your reports in a cash uh, uh, in a cash method, or you run your reports in accrual method, because those can have different effects on, on your on your tax implications. Right. Um, so there were some instances where where those, you know, you might choose either cash or accrual, but overwhelmingly, you should. Use accrual accounting methods just because it's going to be a lot more accurate for your business. And like I said earlier, it's going to, uh, well, I didn't say this earlier, but it's going to impact your reports. Uh, and the reports is everything that that you're going to interact with in the, in the finance world. You go to a bank, they're going to ask for your reports. You pay your taxes, they're going to ask for your reports. You need to make some large businesses in, you're going to look at your reports. And having the accrual method uh, for your accounting is going to allow that to be a lot more accurate
0: right right that makes sense okay so talk to me a little bit we, we discussed this a little ahead of time because we wanted to share this with the audience but talk to me a little bit about this idea that you wanted to share about hierarchy of finance because i think this is a really important subject that that we really have got to dig into
1: sure yeah yeah so um it- in the business world i live in the finance space so this this is what i live and breathe <laughs> um and so it, sitting in it i'm also thinking of it as like an accounting professional in my own head of like what is the ladder for me to grow into right um but in doing that i'm also a, i was also able to kind of recognize and learn uh, what the hierarchy of finance in small business is right um so at its core there's going to be Three slash four levels of this hierarchy. Your first one is going to be a part-time bookkeeper. Okay. This first one, you should have it from the beginning. Uh, the second, you you conceive a business, like you you should have someone to at least consult with that is a bookkeeper to make sure things are being set up correctly. Uh, you don't have to pay someone monthly to do it for you. You can do it for yourself if you only have a couple of transactions, but just have someone to consult with at the minimum. Right. Uh, right. So that's that's level number one. Once you have that, um, you can get into, once your business is doing a couple hundred thousand a year, you can get into something called a fractional CFO. Um, A fractional CFO is going to actually use all the information that the bookkeeper was collecting and all the data that the bookkeeper was making sure was accurate. The fractional CFO will will actually start to take that data and make business decisions with it. So they can help you create cash flow projections they can help you create budgets they can help you plan for a major investment um, and and that's that that's that's level two uh, next you're gonna get into step three ish is uh, you'll have a part-time bookkeeper pretty much you you can get away with one pretty much up until a million in revenue obviously it's dependent on the complexity of the business and how much is going into it um, but once you get into around a million in revenue, very generally, uh, then you'll want to look into either a full-charge bookkeeper uh, or, if you're large enough, a controller. Uh, the difference between a part-time bookkeeper and a full-charge is the full-charge is also going to handle uh, your accounts payable, your accounts receivable, your payroll, uh, and some other smaller things. Now, the controller if you is, is going to do all the same stuff, uh, but generally, the controller is also going to have the ability to sign off on payments. So if you don't even want to worry about paying bills or any or, or um, dealing with inventory and, and signing off on things, uh, a controller will have the ability to actually sign off on things, pay bills on your behalf. Um, and generally, the controller will also be able to control or manage a bookkeeping team. Right. Um, so, so far, we have part time bookkeeper which anyone should have at every level at the minimum. Then you have a fractional CFO, which is going to be someone who actually works with you and and uses the data that the bookkeeper generates. Then you'll get into a full-charge bookkeeper or a controller, depending on the complexity of your business. And then lastly, you'll get into a full-time CFO. So this is going to be someone that oversees the entire financial functions in your business. Um, This is a level that I don't really have much experience uh, or can't talk to too much, so I'm just going to highlight it, um, but a, a full-time CFO is going to be someone that can also kind of act as a controller, but they'll oversee controllers. They'll do much higher level uh, decision-making and basically take the fractional CFO work and we'll do it tenfold. Um, and so that's going to be kind of the hierarchy mm-hmm. of finance in the small business. As you're growing, you'll generally start with a part-time bookkeeper. Then you'll get a fractional CFO. Then you'll move to a full-charge bookkeeper slash controller, then you'll move into a, a full-time CFO. I
0: love that. And and it's a beautiful map to really demonstrate where you're at. And so hopefully you guys listening are going, oh yeah, no, I, I definitely don't have that, that piece fit in. And I, correct me if I'm wrong, Ashton. I, I feel like I run across a lot of people, a lot of business owners that are still In that place of thinking that they are just fine doing the bookkeeping themselves so talk to me about that mentality and and that space because they're thinking well i've gotta i gotta save money so i'll just i'll just do it myself it's it's fine it'll be all right so talk to me about that mentality and and some of the challenges with it and and how we can get them out of that mentality and get the full benefit of having a a full-time bookkeeper
1: Sure. Yeah. And um, I think this comes down to there's uh, two different approaches you can take to your business. You can take a maintenance. I just want the business to run approach or you can take a I want to invest in this business in this business. I want it to grow uh, and I want it to scale. So usually the mindset that you, just, you said was it, that person is in maintenance mode. Um, they're usually content with where the business is at um, or they're stressed with where the business is at and don't really understand how else to move forward. right? Um, And so when you're in that maintenance mode, or if you have your back against the wall, it's just kind of like, whatever, this doesn't matter. I just need to make more money, right? So usually the natural path is, well, let me go sell more people. Let me go hire someone so I can bring on more work. Let me do this or let me do that. Um, And the problem is you're gonna start to hit walls because you can't make those decisions strategically like you're right. not making informed decisions, you're just trying things out, which can only get you so far. Right. Um and so for that person, it's really important to adjust their mindset of of what their goal is with the business. Like do you really want to grow and scale and do you want to be efficient with your business or do you want to continue to be stressed out, not know what's going on, can't figure out how to solve whatever whatever problems you have um I mean, if you want to keep doing that, you know, <laughs> to each their own, right? To each their own. Right. You, you can do that. But sure. doing the books yourself is one, going to be time consuming. Two, is going to be a low leverage task. And three, is not going to energize you. So right. time consuming, obviously, time is money in any business. Uh, in the space that I work with, time is everything because that's more time that you can have with your clients as a coach or a consultant. Right. Um, Ooh, lost my break. Lost my train of thought. Uh, it was time. Oh man. Huh. Well, you know
0: it's it's such a a big deal. Like you're talking about coaches and consultants, and it's such a big deal that time scenario because in so many instances, especially in that coach and consultant realm, they got into it and decided to be an entrepreneur and be, decided to have and run their own business, they maybe didn't think that it was gonna be a business. They thought, oh, I'll just do some coaching and I'll get paid for it. Or or they thought maybe it was just gonna be smaller. But one of the things that ultimately ends up happening is that time gets sucked away by all the things that have to be done in a business. And from what I've experienced in talking with a lot of business owners is that very few of them except for the accountants that actually started an accounting firm, very few of them got into their business to be an accountant or a bookkeeper of any sort. They got in to do the thing that they love to do. And I think that that's huge. And then all of a sudden they find themselves doing the accounting and they're like, what is happening? I hate this. Uh, And, and, I think that's a really big deal and I think you were alluding to this idea of of being able to get back that time to be able to do other things that are the things they got into the business for. I think yes. that's so important. It's so important. Yes. And how do you how do you make that transition? So I mean let let's pretend we're talking to one of our newer businesses listening to the show and or in a place where they don't have even a part-time bookkeeper. How do they make that that mental transition to, I'm going to take some of the money that's coming in and I'm going to pay a part-time bookkeeper to do this for me when they're still thinking about like, okay, every penny that comes in, I need. Right. So what, is, what, how do they make that transition and, and come to the right mindset to, to do that?
1: Yeah. So, uh, I mean, that's, you're going to be try- basically trying to shift your head from a survival mindset to an abundance mindset or scarcity right. to abundance. Right. Um, in my experience, anytime you operate in a scarcity mindset, unless it's out of sheer need to survive, it is only a negative experience. It's only going to hurt you in your business right. uh, or whatever you're you're doing in life. Uh, and so the, the first step is just to kind of understand like, one is your business operational and is it able to pay itself? Like, right. That's that's number one. If you're making money and your business is able to pay yourself. Then that's stress number one. That's covered. Like there's nothing to worry about. Step right. number two is: Can it pay you and cover your cost of living? Um, in some situations, yes. In other situations, no. In the times of when it doesn't, that probably means that it's either a side gig or you're you're still starting out and trying to figure it out. Um, sometimes you just gotta you gotta dog it out. Like you just gotta <laughs> be a dog. You gotta find a part-time job to cover your bills and then work on the business in the meantime. Right. Um, but the, those are the first two things that you really need to cover is can the business operate on its own? And then can it pay me to, to live? Right. Those two things are going to put you in a scarcity mindset. It's going to be hard to get out of it if you don't cover those two things first. Um, so number one is get that covered. Right. But once that's covered uh, and, and you really don't feel like, I mean, no matter what, you're going to have your back against the wall. It's kind of just part of doing business. That's right. that's the fun part, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But w- once that's done, it's it's about reaching out to someone and, and just trying to have a conversation with people that. Know what they're doing and can kind of point you in the right direction, because right. Um, the hard thing is, is like you don't know what the right direction is if you don't know what's out there. Right. Like it, you don't know that there's a, a better way of doing things. All you know is like, OK, well, I've done what I've done to get here uh, and that's about it. <laughs> like so right. you, you can't you, you can't create a path to something that you don't know where you're going to. Right. Um, so it's important to, to reach out to an accountant, uh, a, a finance coach, just anyone, a business coach, anyone that can point you in the right direction. Right. And once you're pointed in that right direction, hopefully you can work with someone that actually knows what they're doing, can help you create that path. Um, but yeah, you really got to cover, you really got to cover the minimum of can the business pay itself and can you pay your bills? Um, because if you're if you if, if you're just trying to survive, you just you can't make logical decisions. It's too difficult. Every penny that you have has to go to the business or to, to your wallet, right? Um, and so that's that's really important to cover those two for those two steps first. Right.
0: I love that, and so that kind of covers that first portion of the hierarchy. I want to dig into that next portion, which is that fractional CFO position. Uh, that to you and I is a normal sounding thing, but I mm-hmm. feel like the concept of a fractional CFO is a newer concept uh, and it's, it's fairly uh, new on the scene. I, I mean, I could say that maybe five years ago that wasn't a thing, right? Yeah. Maybe it was, or maybe it was just getting started, but honestly, that wasn't a, a thing that a lot of people talked about. So what, what, is that space you talked about a hundred K to 200 K and a fractional CFO. What does a fractional CFO do that wouldn't be the full-time CFO uh, coming into the business?
1: Yeah. So this kind of goes into like how small businesses need to operate efficiently Um, and operating efficiently sometimes means that you need a professional only part-time I'll, I'll paint an example like in a more simple way. When you are, say, starting out your business and like you have some uh, administrative tasks that you just don't have the time to do anymore, so you hire out a virtual assistant. They're probably going to start out part time because you don't have a lot of tasks to handle. So there'll be a part time virtual assistant, or to match the term, there'll be a fractional uh, uh, virtual assistant. Right. Um, and right. as you grow, that virtual assistant will take on more tasks because there will be, there will be. More things that you don't want to do or don't have the uh, time or energy to do that you hand off, and so on the finance end of things, um, you'll you'll have some some decisions like creating a budget uh, is is going to be really important as you start to scale and, and start to look to invest that you don't need to pay someone a hundred or two thousand two hundred thousand dollars a year to do like it's not a it's not a full time job it's not full time work. So you'll look for a fractional or a part-time CFO to fill in that role uh, as your business is growing. And as you're in that small trying to transition into medium-sized business, uh, the fractional CFO will will fill that role in and um, basically just be more cost-effective than it would be to have a full-time CFO.
0: Yeah. I love that. Okay. So here we're talking about this idea of a bookkeeper and the idea comes up all the time, and I hear about it all the time, that people that don't yet have a bookkeeper are constantly fearful about being embarrassed and having somebody else look at what they've done in their finances and in their in their structure of their accounting. And I want to address that real quick, because I'm sure you've had to deal with that and talking with people and talking with clients and, and how do you, how do they go about getting over that? Right. Because it is like, they know they're not bookkeepers. They know they're not accountants. How do they get over that embarrassment of like, ah, you know, it's not good. I don't want to show it to somebody that knows what they're doing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think number one, it comes down to the the bookkeeper that they work with. Um, Right. A big part of my job, I mean like yes obviously I'm going to cover the the basic accounting functions but the other part of my job is to help these people understand the accounting and finance of their business. Right. Um cuz it's with the knowledge that they'll be a, be a, be a lot more comfortable and confident in themselves. Um and so it's really up to me or whatever bookkeeper they work with to just be like hey look you're not alone. There's millions of small businesses in your position. That's why I exist. Uh I'm here to let you know that like this is totally normal. This is totally okay. Right. So let's work together. Let's, let's figure out what's going on. Um, cause at the end of the day, I don't care what you have in your business. I, I don't care. My only objective is to come in here and help you out. Right. So if you think it's a mess, that's okay. Let it be a mess. <laughs> uh, if you, if you think it's a disaster, that's okay. Let it be a disaster. That's my job is to fill that role and, and make sure that it's fixed. Right. Uh, and so it really comes down to the bookkeeper uh, to just talk with the person and help them understand that, like, it's OK that it's a mess, but also that, hey, I'm fully capable of helping you. So let me look at the mess and then we can create a path to to figure out to get to where you want. Let's create okay. some clarity. Let's create some like structure and processes uh, and just make it as clear as possible to them that it's OK and that there's right. a way out. Right.
0: right, Exactly. Well, cool.
1: So hopefully you've inspired
0: some people today to to get in that space, whether no matter where you're at in the hierarchy uh, and, and what you're doing, getting moving and getting some momentum. You're hearing this today for a reason. This is important. This is something that you probably need to pay attention to at one of the levels of that hierarchy. So Ashton, how can they get in touch with you and how can they reach you so that they can maybe get
1: the ball rolling. Uh, yeah, I think uh, my website, RiveraFinance.com. You can go to the contact form on there. Um, you can find me on Facebook. I use that pretty much for everything. So I'll post content on there if you want to see some like small tips, um, general information and just kind of like know the work that I do more. Uh, my Facebook is the best way to, to reach out to me, check in with what I do. And uh, just kind of get an idea of, of where what it's all about.
0: Great, I love that. Guys, go check it out, and uh, and get moving on this. It's there's no there's no reason to not take action in this category. You know, and and there's so many different levels of what needs to be done in your business. And and I just want to maybe end with this quick. Uh, anecdote or story. I once was evaluating a business to purchase, and we got through the letter of intent. We had decided and agreed upon a price. We were doing our due diligence, and it came back that they hadn't done their books properly, and they hadn't done even their taxes for two years. And they were like, is that that big of a deal? And I was like, yes, Yes, that's a huge deal. No, you can't not pay your taxes. That's not okay. That's called tax evasion. (laughs) And no, it's not okay that your books were wrong because all that shows is that we need to dig in more. So guys, you got to get your books in order. It is so important. It's important all the way down the line. It's important from the beginning stages, just like Ashton uh, told us. And it's a important all the way to the point of sale when you're trying to sell and maybe retire so it doesn't matter what the case is getting your books in order and getting them to work for you instead of against you is hugely important so before we leave ashton do you have some final words for us that that uh, you can leave us with
1: some of your wisdom uh uh, i I, i'll just kind of paint a small picture too um even large businesses mess up in their books. It happens. Yeah. Uh, It happens. And so it's it's really important to start from the start. You need to form that foundation from the earliest stages possible so you have a strong foundation to grow in and to work with because finance is the language of business and you need to make sure you have a strong foundation to build your business on.
0: I love that. Guys, we oftentimes... Obviously, this is the Business Choreography Podcast, but we're always talking about choreography and bringing the pieces to you that you need to choreograph your business. This is an imperative piece of the puzzle. You have to choreograph your bookkeeping into what's going on. You can't just think about your marketing, and you can't just think about your sales or your operations, the bookkeeping, the accounting. All of this is so imperative for your business, so make sure you choreograph it in give Ashton a call. If you have questions or you want to, you want to get in and get involved and uh, get some help. Uh, He's your guy. So until next time, make sure you keep choreographing your business. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Take care. Thanks for joining us today.